Sure. All right. This is Mike Farrell, MikeFarrellSports.com. At Twitter, I am MFarrellSports. This is Mark Prashanik. He is the mastermind behind a Farrell portal on Twitter. Uh, also writes some stuff on MikeFarrellSports.com. We're not going to start with the portal today, though, because Mark knows college football. And he also knows he knows stupidity. He deals with it every day in his life, just like everybody else with a real job who has to pay bills do. And this slap fight between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher is stupid. Um, I'll give you my take, and then you can you know agree or disagree. But first of all, I love Nick Saban, right? I, I do. People don't. But he's, he's the GOAT, right? He's the best. One national champions, best coach of all time, and really, you know, does everything you want in a coach. Recruits well, develops players well, sends them off to the NFL, says things that, that change the landscape of college football because he's so important. Um, not as big a fan of Jimbo Fisher. Don't know him. Don't know Saban either. Um, and I can't really say I know any coaches. I mean, I talk to them, but, you know, but he comes off a little bit defensive. I don't like what he did at Florida State and leaving that program in shambles, blah, 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 blah. You know, so if I had to choose one coach that I would rather have, it'd be Nick Saban over Jimbo Fisher. But with that being said, Nick Saban, shut up. There's no good coming out of these dumb comments about Texas A&M paying all of the kids in their class to finish number one in recruiting. There's no upside to it. Now you've accused Deion Sanders of doing it at, at Jackson State. You, you've accused, again, Jimbo Fisher of doing it. We're not idiots. We know this happens. But we also aren't stupid enough to think that Nick Saban doesn't do it either. That's my take. Uh, to be honest, I just spent, like, before we started talking, I spent, like, a couple minutes chatting about this with a friend and mainly because I was trying to figure out if I cared <laughs> about this <laughs> I at do. all of our, or if I should put any thought and effort into this. And I decided that I really don't because, I, know. I mean, I know partially it's because I don't live in SEC country. I don't care about Alabama and Texas A&M. I'm sure it's a huge topic down in that part of the world. As you said, I just don't, I don't understand why. Plus, it's a very slow news day. So this is probably going to get more traction than it probably should. Uh, but I can't say. I, it's, I mean, there's nothing. I mean, nothing's going to come of this, obviously. It'll be when they play in October. It'll obviously be an enormous story again. Right. But for now, I just I, the whole purpose of this is I, I don't I don't understand it. Well, when they play in October, Saban will win by 60. I can guarantee you that already because he's going to be ripped. And, you know, Alabama's team is loaded. And he's, if he can run it up, he's going to run it up. It, it where, is a big deal because, you know, those where, in glass. Where houses, is that game this year? What's that? Where is that game this year? That's an excellent question. Let me pull up the schedule. I, I, I'm pretty sure AM won at home last year. Uh, so I believe it's in Alabama, which is even worse for them. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty positive. But I'm going to tell you right this very second that it is at Alabama October 8th, and Jimbo's going to lose by 60. And But here's the thing, glass houses, right? I was raised not, not well at all. I was raised poorly, like a wolf. But 
you know, listen, if you do something, don't accuse other people of doing it. And listen, I don't have proof that Jimbo paid 25 kids or whatever for NIL deals to get this class. I don't have proof that Saban put deals together for Jermaine Burton or Jameer Gibbs or any of his high school kids. I don't have proof. I don't want to look for proof. I could find proof. That's not my job. I'm not an investigative reporter, but I'm also not a complete idiot. And I know everybody's doing it. The NCAA can't stop tampering. Okay. The only way they could check tampering is if Lincoln Riley, and we'll get to Jordan Anderson in a second, Lincoln Riley picks up the phone and calls Jordan Anderson directly and says, Hey man, I got 3 million in a house for you. Why don't you enter the portal? Okay. The NCAA may be able to put that together, right? Maybe, but you know, friends of friends, teammates, they can all talk to each other. You, you know, you could have a Caleb Williams, on a USC team who's friends with Jordan Addison, he can pick up the phone or his dad can pick up the phone, you know, or even, you know, uh, a, a, a kid who's on your team who knows a kid who's high school coach, coach Jordan Addison, seven on seven. There's ways to get to players and it's tampering because essentially what the rule is, they don't go in, you know, then you leave them alone. They go in, then you can comment, you know, and, and contact them. But, you know, saving himself, with this Hatton kid at uh, Louisville was under scrutiny. We all knew he was going to Alabama before he went in the portal. I knew when he was going in the portal, I knew he was going to Alabama. So there had to be some sort of tampering there, but is it illegal tampering or is it okay tampering by NCAA standards? NIL is the same thing until they actually come up with rules. Everybody can do it and you shouldn't complain about it. Where are you going? My, uh, my puppy decided to grab something off the table. So. Can I see uh, the dog? No. <laughs> what a She's confused dog. of why I took away her toy. What a great looking dog. Aw, you shy? Um, so anyways, I, the reason I speak on it is because it's a big topic. It, when two adults, right, <laughs> and these are adults, you know, start wagging fingers at each other and Jimbo has already reacted and said it's despicable and you know Saban is the goat and he's tried to call me already you know and goat was you know air quotes he's tried to call me I'm not picking up the phone I'm not talking to him we're done blah 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 it's 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 like my wife getting in a fight with someone at work it's the same thing I hear the same thing you know oh she's I was going to like remind me of like a high school squabble between two like rivals or something. It is. It's just babyish. It's, it's very babyish on both sides. And Saban doesn't need to do that. You are the man. You're the best coach ever. Leave it alone. You can make snide comments. I don't have a problem with snide comments. You know, like, oh, over in College Station, they do it differently. Right. What's that called? Uh, subtweeting or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You do that. You, you know, but even that's low ball garbage. Pat Narduzzi saying that Keaton Slovis used the transfer portal the right way without mentioning Jordan Addison, but clearly taking a shot at Jordan Addison. Um, I can guarantee you if you really dug into the Keaton Slovis thing, there was probably some sort of tampering there before he went in. Probably. I don't have proof, but I'm not an idiot. So anyways, when it comes to the portal, when it comes to NIL, we're in a messy, messy world. I've talked about it on every podcast. It's kind of boring, but I am team Fisher here because I don't think Saban should have brought this upon himself. I think he should just shut up 
And now you got Dion and Jimbo coming after you. And listen, Jimbo worked with Nick Saban at LSU in the early years. He knows if if he cheated back then or what he did. Now it was pre-NIL, but it didn't matter. Kids were still getting money. Kids were getting cars. And I'm not saying they did it at LSU, but if they did, Jimbo would know that. And Nick Saban knows every secret about Jimbo too. So these guys can either, you know, snipe at each other and ruin each other and make themselves look like fools, or they could just shut up, leave it alone. And Saban can just get pissed and say in his head, I'm going to beat you by 60. My two thoughts quickly. When uh, Dion got involved in this, I did pique my interest a little bit more. Kind of curious to see if that, I mean, I'd be pretty surprised if Saban responds with anything back to Dion. But, uh, but then again, I didn't expect him to respond back to uh, Fisher. Mm-hmm. So who knows? And kind of like you said, Saban is on the top of the mountain, has been for years. And why he has wasted his time even diving into this is beyond me. I don't, I don't understand. So Dion said, <laughs> that's funny. Travis Hunter obviously is the player that's being talked about. who got a million dollars that Nick Saban accused Jackson State and Deion Sanders of paying. Travis Hunter responded on Twitter, I got a mill with the laugh yeah. emoji, but my mom's still staying in a three-bed room house with five kids. And, then, and that's funny. Um, Dion did say he's going to respond to these. I will be addressing the lies that were told by Coach Saban soon. He put up a big like movie marquee on it. Um, And then he said this, he said, we as a people capitalized, don't have to pay our people capitalized to play with our people capitalized. So we all know where this is going. Uh And, And again, it's just Saban, shut your mouth. You don't need this. Um, And, and, you know, it, it just, it's weird because he's usually very well-tempered in what he says. And he's very, you know, articulate about things, but I don't know. Did he have a couple cocktails at this thing? Was he just feeling, you know, funny, jokey? Did he want to take shots at people in May? It just didn't seem to need to occur. So bad on you, Saban, bad on you, Narduzzi. Other coaches who have told me the same thing, not publicly, you know, oh, we're, we're doing it the right way. They're doing it the wrong way. You know, there's a, there's a kid in the portal, you know, is apparently being bid on between two programs, right? And they go back and forth with the numbers. And each of them think they're doing the right thing, but yet they're the ones saying everybody else is doing it wrong. No, no, that's not how the way it works. You don't bid on players. You're doing it wrong. And so is everybody else. But these coaches somehow think that they're okay and everybody else is cheating. It's just, it's amazing to me. It, it cracks me up. Everybody's cheating. Everybody's tampering. And the NCAA has created this problem and it's not going to be solved until the NCAA is out of this. We have a private organization running this stuff because you can't have the commissioners run them. You can't have Sankey in charge of, of, of Saban in Alabama. He's not going to do anything to the cash cow that is Alabama. You have to have an independent group come in and take this over. So, all right, let's get to the portal. It's still pretty hot, I guess, right? It's slowed down since May 1st deadline, but there's still kids going in. That that 
surprises me. So this 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 kid from what is it, Old Dominion, the linebacker? James <clears throat> James Madison. James Madison. He's blowing up, but he can't play, or can he? He's a grad transfer, I believe. Okay, so grad transfers or FCS, right? If an FCS kid goes in after May 1st, he could still play this season, right? Yeah, but James Madison's moving up to FBS, so I'm not sure where they actually lie right now because they don't move in until July 1st officially. So maybe because he entered before July 1st, he's still considered FCS. I don't know. If a grad transfer jumps in May 2nd, like, well, let's say they didn't get the paperwork in until May 10th. Even if they're a grad transfer, they can't play this year, right? They can play. They can. So, but this is weird to me. So what's the point of the May 1st deadline? It's just for non-grad transfers. Yeah, basically. When grad, grad transfers can have two bites. They can go in as underclassmen and, and get their year waived. And then they can go in as grad transfers and get their year waived. Yeah, from what I know, yes. Yeah. Granted, I mean, I could – some of these rules seem to change about a week. They do. And change by depending who you ask almost. Well, so I'm am I 100% sure that's correct? No, yeah. but I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yeah, I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just saying, like, it's confusing to me, you know, where uh, I've had coaches ask me. I mean, if an FCS kid enters after May 1st, can he play right away? And I'm like, well, yeah, the answer I know is yes. But – the the rules do change quite a bit and they're very uh they're not well written like no. as expected the ncaa didn't really hammer down parameters on this transfer portal thing um and like like you mentioned i'm i've been well somewhat surprised by the number of coaches who have asked me similar questions and i feel like that's sort of a problem just i mean if the coaches don't fully know the rules yeah that's an issue well i'll tell you this based on my experience they'd rather ask you than go to ask compliance mm-hmm. because the answer of compliance is always negative like always that, that if they go hey, hey can fcs kid enter after may 1st play right away no he can't because compliance doesn't want to deal with any headaches at all so they'll just even tell you what is wrong just to get yeah. you stop you know they're never going to say well you know they're moving up to fbs by you know july 1st so technically he's still an fbs no nobody's no don't touch him so that's why they ask us and again we're not on the record or anything like that they can't like they can't go to the ncaa and say well mark pashonic told me i could because <laughs> The NCAA will laugh. Um, That'd be sort of cool if it did. <laughs> it would. Well, no, it wouldn't. Well, you listen, you work for a law firm, but you, you could be deposed. That would be annoying. That's, um, that's true. Or you could be hired as an expert witness and get some money. Mm-hmm. I've offered, I've been offered that before, mainly in high school football situations where a kid is suing the school uh, because they feel that his potential wasn't reached or, you know, he wasn't utilized the proper way. And, and they wanted an expert to say what this kid's projection over four years was. I've turned it down every time. I'm just never getting involved in that because as an expert for the, uh, you know, expert for the, 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 I guess that's, is that the plaintiff? I don't even know what that is. Um, uh, yes. Plaintiff. Yeah. I, I've no. No, I mean, even if you pay me a lot of money, I'm not going to just make stuff up. But yeah, Johnny would have been a star, first rounder, you know, it's just mm-hmm. not going to do that. But I could see this portal thing 
eventually someone coming to us and deposing us in some way, shape or form. So just be careful with your answers, I guess. But yep. you're right. It is confusing. Um, what's confusing to me is also that 2017 athlete Delian D'Angelo Gibbs is still in college. So I honestly forgot that he was existing. Well, well, yeah, I didn't know he was still in college. And then I forgot he transferred to Tennessee from Georgia. Then I didn't know that he started there as a DB and moved to wide receiver, but didn't actually, I don't think he saw the field last year. So I'm not sure what his, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. Well, this kid, the reason I remember him is because, you know, obviously he was a five-star at one point. He ended up dropping to a four-star. Uh, he was a young prodigy, you know, like a freshman kid with a ton of offers in the state of Georgia and everybody wanted him. And then Georgia got him and then he transferred to Tennessee. And I just didn't think he still had eligibility left or was still playing. 2017 to me feels like a hundred years ago. Um, and especially when we started scouting the kid in 2014, um, that's forever. I mean, that was back when I was partnered with the Under Armour Selection Committee. And that seems like that's like Deshaun Hand era stuff mm -hmm. you know 2014 was Deshaun Hand and those guys but Gibbs was a guy we offered that early and he's in the portal as a grad transfer he better be a grad transfer he's been in college for 16 years he's on my program um he's a he's a grad transfer but usually the only time I see 2000s 2017 you see occasionally I've had a few 2016s but that's usually BYU and dealing with Mormon missions and all yeah. that stuff which confuses some people. Then the guy is also 24 years old right now. So, yeah, that's another one too. It's funny because how do you, you know, I was talking to Rick Neuheisel yesterday on full ride radio and he's like, how do you evaluate some of these kids? You know, I mean, they're so far removed from their high school film. They haven't played much at all. And when they have played, it hasn't been, you know, quality playing time. And here you are in 2022 trying to evaluate what a D'Angelo Gibbs could bring you. And you try to get practice and scrimmage film and all this other stuff, but there's just not a lot there. So, you know, it's almost like a mission. It's like a kid took a five-year mission and he came back and you have no idea whether he's still the same football player he was back then. So that one struck me just because it's an old one. Uh, I like... You know, these wide receiver commitments, I like this one for Houston quite a bit. Uh, I obviously like uh, Jalen Robinson going to Old Miss. Um, we're coming out later with the, the updated wide receiver board, but it's kind of funny. We'll talk about them, but let's talk about the quarterbacks, how fast that board, because you did the top five quarterbacks available two weeks ago, and now there's two of them left. Yep. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a very deep group at this point to begin with. So whoever needed a quarterback moved pretty quickly. Like Bohannon entered from Baylor and the thought immediately was that he wasn't going to be there for very long. Uh, Missouri made a pretty big effort. But then he surprised a good amount of people by picking USF. Uh, supposedly I read that they didn't use the word guarantee, but basically gave him the starting job if he came. Uh, USF has added a lot of nice pieces in, in the portal. So there's a chance they could be somebody to watch this this fall. And I guess that was enough for Bohannon to play in the uh, AAC. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you had to pick the right opportunity. 
Um, and, and Missouri did end up getting a quarterback. Um, they've been the one that I've been watching, you know, a little bit of interest because they struck out on so many, it seemed, you know, I mean, they were in with Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. They were in with uh, JT Daniels. I think they were in with, um, you know, Bohannon, there were a couple others. And so they finally got their quarterback, but you know, the situation at USF, they're not a good football team, but Jeff Scott did some things at Clemson, um, you know, Trickett's there from West Virginia, you know, his quarterback. So it, he'll be a, an interesting one to follow. And then uh, why isn't this? Oh, I got to refresh it. Cause I, I was looking at your list here of the quarterbacks. Puma Sean went to Georgia tech, which that, that took a while. I mean, he's been in there for a while. Um, the one I can't figure out is, you know, Peter Costelli. And I talked to his dad briefly through DM on Twitter. And he says, you know, he's got like a 30 for 30, 30, like story on this portal madness. Right. So he visited Troy and he could end up going there. Coastal Carolina has been talking to him as well, but, um, he's going to end up, you know, after leaving after his true freshman season at Utah with, you know, 20 plus offers out of high school, he's going to end up taking a huge step down and I'm waiting for the explanation for that. And, and his dad will probably tell me after he commits, but that one's confusing to me. Jack Sears isn't confusing to me because I have now convinced myself that Jack Sears is uh, he's not, he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he went to, he went to Idaho and now he's in the witness protection or something because, you know, he, he, he had his, cup of tea in one game at USC and looked good. Then he he 33 passes at at Boise. He went in the portal, what, December, early December. No one's heard from him. No one's heard about him. No coaches I talked to have any idea where he's going to go. He hasn't been linked with any schools. I personally think he is doing a um, Saul Goodman, and he's probably working at uh, a Cinnabon in Boise. The funny part is Boise lost another quarterback, Colton Fitzgerald, not that long ago, 2021 kid who didn't play this past year. And Getting he offers. already has a yeah, handful. I mean, F- FCS, but still a handful of offers. So he's going to, chances are, he's going to find a new home way before Jack Sears. Yeah. And, I, I, and a lot of people say maybe Jack Sears is waiting to graduate. I don't know. Um, but Jack Sears, if you're out I mean, there. Let us know. <laughs> Blink twice if you need help. If you're on a milk carton someplace and missing, we can start a search. But let's get something out there. I don't even know if he's on Twitter. He's not active on social media. Um, no. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want to say you know anything about a Breaking Bad situation because I don't think that's what it is. But I, I do think he's really gone underground and incognito and. Um, I don't know if he is still in the United States census. So we're going to keep him at the top of the list. I think the top of your list is going to stay the same, you know, Sears Costelli Maverick McIver is interesting to me because he was heavily recruited. He's going to have to step down. He, you know, he had a, had a, an injury, a foot injury. Um, But the lack of interest for him is a little interesting as well because nobody's got room. That's it. Right. Some of these players, there's a good chance some of these players are going to have to wait until, honestly, somebody gets an injury in summer camp or may have to even sit out the entire 2022 season until, you know, somebody finds a need for them. Because like you said, 
scholarships aren't just opening up anymore. This isn't the NFL where you could wave somebody to get another spot. It is what it is at this point for most teams. Yeah. And they did kind of, the NCAA is sort of helping with this allowance, this confusing allowance for teams to get back to 85. So they are allowed to oversign now, um, which is yeah, the, I did see that. the Hugh Freeze rule when he, I think he signed 39 people at Ole Miss one year or something like that. So it's called the Hugh Freeze rule. So now they can oversign and that includes the portal, so to speak. There's no limit on portal kids, but it's going to affect their ability to roster manage now. Um, what will happen is <laughs> in the NCAA, of course, has to know this, but what they'll do is they'll end up locking up a bunch of high school kids that they don't want, get to that 85, run those horrible high school kids off their team and then fill them with the portal. So, you know, you'll get to 85. Let's take these 10 high school kids that we don't like and we'll just Randy Edselum out of here and uh, and then we'll just, you know, fill in with the portal. But you have to have 85 to get 85. It's so stupid. But that's changed. So that's going to be something I think that um, that we won't see come into effect until after this recruiting class, the 2023 mm-hmm. one. Um, but it is good. It gives them a little bit more roster flexibility. And I know when you when people read this stuff, right? When I read it the first time, I'm confused. And I've been doing this forever. And I have to read it like four times. People who don't understand this stuff must read it and their brains must just like explode like what did i just read what am i talking what are they talking about where you can't get to 85 but 85 is the limit and why can't you get to 85 because of covid and because of the portal what's going on here what you know and it's not explained well you know you're losing more kids sometimes to the portal than you're gaining let's say you lose 21 and you get 10 that's called an 11 roster spot difference you can fill that through the portal but you can't fill that through high school until this new rule changed um, they really need to have like a NCAA rule changes for dummies. You know, that famous book line that they had. Well, like you, like we said earlier, I mean, there's a reason that college coaches are asking us, like you said, they don't want to go, go to compliance, but it's also an issue of them just not knowing. And when people who are running, not running the game, but running the sport don't know the rules, I mean, a red flag should go up somewhere that somewhere. is not easy enough to understand that coaches have to be asking strangers <laughs> what to do. Yeah. And I, I read it, you know, The Athletic did the article on it, and then Nicole Auerbach wrote the, the, the portion for dummies, right? But it wasn't for dummies. It was still confusing what she said, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, even uh, she didn't dumb it down. dummies. Yeah, she didn't dumb it down for us nearly as much as she needed to. So, but that will affect the portal greatly. Um, it, it really will. Um, you know, so, but we'll deal with that obviously next portal cycle after August 1st and after this 2023 class and all that stuff. But that's going to be a very intriguing portion of it. And it will free up the ability for these schools to somehow get these kids on the roster. Because what they also did is they looked at the portal and the numbers probably, they looked at your numbers, I'm sure. Cause you know, the NCA is not tracking these numbers. So it's mm. you. And they probably looked at him and said, wow, there's a whole lot of kids in the portal with no home. What do we do? You know? And then they looked at the rosters and they saw that some schools had 72 scholarship kids on a roster. 
And it's like, this doesn't make sense. We have so many kids in the portal. We don't have enough kids in the rosters and they're trying to figure that out, but whatever it is, it will backfire because coaches will always outsmart the NCAA and they will always come through with loopholes. Um, and then, you know, the last quarterback you mentioned, Justin Rogers, I don't know. He was so injured in his high school. He had such a horrific injury. Then he was at 2CU, went to UNLV, played in three games. I don't know if he's going to find any home that's non-FCS. And then Colton Fitzgerald is getting FCS offers. So it's slim pickings there. But wide receiver, I guess we said we were going to talk about Jordan Addison before we got into this, but I didn't. So some guy, I don't know who he is. And I'm listen, I'm very petty. Schultz, something like that, reported yesterday uh, that Addison's down to Texas and USC and everybody ran with it and credited him. And I was so pissed. I'm like, are you kidding? I said that a week ago. Right. But nobody's, you know, Mike Farrell sports.com. Who knows what that is? I got Twitter followers though. I mean, people should have read it and seen it. It, it was USC. He was at Texas. He decided at Texas that he didn't want to go to Tuscaloosa. He didn't want to go to Oregon. He just wanted to go to Texas and USC and if those two weren't enough, he would reassess, but he felt that what he saw at Texas and what he expected to see at USC would be enough, and then to make his decision. I don't know where he's going to go. You know, I, I text sources, and they get tired of me because they don't know. And you got to remember, college coaches are in the thick of the spring evaluation period for high school. So they're just they're on planes every second. They're in high schools every second. They're trying to recruit high school kids. You know, so for me to keep nudging them as to what Jordan Addison, I do know this. There are two commitment graphics. There are two commitment videos made by each school. Does that narrow it down for you? Yeah, I mean, I haven't heard anybody besides Texas and USC in probably a week. There were those rumors initially, obviously, with Alabama. I heard Oregon a couple of times, but I think that was basically by Oregon people. I don't think I'd ever any was any fact to that but uh the longer he stays quiet now after taking two visits people yeah. are going to start wondering again if yeah. somebody else is in the picture well and remember you know people thought Pitt was back in it because he actually complimented one of his former teammates on twitter and then pat narduzzi put up one of those cryptic hail the pit tweets which probably meant a commitment in high school but everybody put two and two together like he's going to back to pit i'm like he's not going back to pit and, and what i heard was he doesn't want to go to tuscaloosa because he didn't like pit like the, he didn't like the college at Pitt, like the, 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 the atmosphere, not that he didn't like okay. people or anything like that, but Pitt was not his cup of tea. And so Tuscaloosa, he doesn't think would be either, which I find weird because Pitt's kind of, you know, that's a big enough city, right? Whereas Tuscaloosa is like an NFL city in Alabama. It's a college plus, deal, right? You'd be in Tuscaloosa for like four months. Well, that's true, too. But th these are factors that went in and not just NIL factors. It was like he 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 wanted to be in a city, but he didn't want to be in Pittsburgh and he didn't want to be in a in a in a like country city. Austin was big enough for him and L.A. is huge. And that's what he wanted. I don't know. I hear this stuff mm -hmm. and I don't ask questions because it's it's what the kid's saying and. The kid is very focused. He's very determined on improving his draft stock, and he's taking this very seriously and carefully. And this isn't 
as much of a money grab as people think. Um, I do think if he goes to Texas, it'll be more relationship with, with Coach Marion, his former coach at Pitt. Um, and if he goes to uh, USC, it'll be more NIL. But I don't really have proof of that either. And I'm sure USC would deny that. And maybe I just said that like Nick Saban said. Maybe I'm an idiot mm -hmm. too. I don't really know. But the wide receivers. So Jackson goes to Houston. That was a good one. I like him. And, and for Houston to get him, I think that's pretty cool, right? I mean, Houston was rumored pretty quickly when he hit the portal. Uh, I mean, he's from the area, so that part made sense. But aside from that, I, I'll, I'll admit I wasn't taking them very seriously, especially when uh, other schools, including USC, became major players. But uh, from what I read, the draw of playing close to home yeah. was more than enough to uh, get him back to the Cougars. And then you got LV Bunkley Shelton, who's hilarious, just hilarious, right? I DM'd yeah, him. And I've been I, following him on uh, Instagram, and uh, I recommend that. <laughs> he's so funny. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I covered him in high school and saw him in camps and stuff like that. And I can't remember if he made our, you know, five-star challenge or not or whatever. I, I purged all that from my memory. But I, I do know I covered him. And I didn't have a, you know, strong relationship with him or anything like that. He was a West Coast kid, and that wasn't my territory really of focus. But I knew who he was. I did the rankings. I assumed he knew who I was, right? So I DM him and I say, hey, man, can I get your cell if it's more convenient to text? And he's like, are you a writer? And uh, I usually don't get that. So I said, I said, yeah, I'm famous. And <laughs> his response was, must be nice. And I never got a cell. Um, I never got an answer. Uh, no, he did tell me he was visiting... Um, Kansas, Virginia Tech, and Oklahoma. Um, but then he, he made another snide comment or something like, I've never heard of you. It was hilarious. I loved it. Um, he's going to Oklahoma. And that's a good replacement there, you know, for Cody Jackson. Um, you know, Deion Smith's rumored to go to Ole Miss. He's number four, top five wide receivers available. Jordan Addison, we've already talked about. Ricky Pearsall has gone silent. So Ricky Pearsall's Twitter got hacked. So there's been hundreds of coaches DMing some uh, Russian hacker <laughs> in regards to his recruitment. Um, and he hasn't had any access to it. So I tried to get involved and help him because I know somebody at Twitter. It didn't, it didn't work. His hat is, he's still hacked. He still doesn't have access to his Twitter. So I texted him after his Florida visit and after his Oregon visit, he responded. Now he's gone silent. That means he's ready to decide. And he loved Florida. Said it's good. maybe this is him. He loved Florida, and he said uh, it's not him. He he said um, you know it's going to be hard to beat them, but he does have some connections out at Oregon too. So he'll be off the board as well, and he's our number five. Um, but there's in still the plenty, last, of uh, plenty of receivers out in there. The last 24 hours, uh, the rumors of the Gators getting him seem to have gotten uh, louder and stronger. So same with usually when that happens where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. So if I had to put money on it, I could see something happening with that in the yeah. next day or two. Today, yeah. Jermaine Loyal as well, defensive lineman from uh, Arizona State. Um, visited Louisville, loved it, but trending towards Florida right now. Um, 
you know, so there's still a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of action here. All these kids that we're talking about went in before the May 1st deadline. So they're finding homes that they will be playing right away at. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have to get ready for August, which isn't December and it's not quite the end of April. But tell us what August is like in the portal. August generally starts off slow because kids still have hopes and dreams of being a starter. And then they, when they realize they got passed over by a true freshman or another portal kid who just came in and that they probably won't be seeing the field as much as they hoped or wanted, suddenly their uncle and dad's talking to them and a week or two later they're in the transfer portal. That's generally how it works. Slow trickle though, right? Because it could be like October, a kid, let's say he's not in the too deep and he's waiting for some sort of injury to occur in September or, you know, it's a slow trickle, right? You'll start seeing kids by mid August, but yeah, it'll build from before the season even starts. Usually it starts picking up speed. I'd say after week two or three of the season. And then by October 1st or whatever that last game of September is before that first game of October, that's usually when things tend to pick up steam quickly. Hmm. I'm reading something Anthony, Antonio Cromartie just tweeted a couple hours ago about, um, <laughs> about, so Travis Johnson responded to this Mike Rodak guy um, about, you know, Saban saying we were second in recruiting last year and in first A&M bought every player for the team, blah, blah, blah. Travis Johnson says, ha, 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 y'all been paying for players since the 80s, offered me six figures in 99, 2000, and gave Albert Means and his coaches six figures during that time, and now y'all swear y'all not paying anyone. Like the kids say, cap. Um, y'all was NIL before NIL. That's funny to me. And then <laughs> Antonio Cromarty says, uh, shit, trap. But he meant to say Trav. Uh, two, three, I was offered 60K just to come on a visit to help with recruiting when they were on probation. So, yeah, I know what you mean when they've been paying for years. We all know this. This is not new, mm-hmm. right? I mean, none of this is new. This is why Saban should have shut up because, listen, you go back in time and everybody's going to say, well, yeah, Alabama's been paying kids forever. And, and now what do you want? Do you want Jimbo to hire a private investigation firm to look into Nick Saban since 2006 or whatever? And, and I, it's just like, shut up. Just, just everybody shut up. Stop the fight. As, you know? as you said, I mean, in a business where everybody knows things are happening, personally, I want to be as quiet and under the radar as possible so that nobody's looking at me. The last thing I'll be doing is giving people reasons to start digging into the past and people making quotes like this. And there's going to be more and more now. The funny thing about it is Nick Saban knows how the, the, the erectile dysfunction of the NCAA, right? The, the impotence. Mm -hmm. Is that what it's, is that that what it's called? Yeah. He knows they can't do anything. They've got nothing, you know? So it's almost like he's even just like, you know, putting his jaw out there and say, yeah, it hit me. 
and they're not going to, and no one's going to, but does I he mean, need this headache? Does he need to have to call Jimbo Fisher to personally apologize for the comments or say they were taken out of tech? Like just enjoy your, you know, spring evaluation period, get to your summer camps, take your short vacation in July, go out and win a national championship next year with Bryce Young and Willie Anderson in a loaded roster and continue to build your legacy. Just May 19th is not the day to cause problems. It's the day to get out and golf. Today's the PGA. Just, just quiet. Just shh. So I guess it gives us something to write about and talk about, but I don't know. It's just kind of annoying. We'll wrap it up. I think that was good, right? Did you want to, uh, any other players you want to talk about? I was just going to mention uh, the new wide receiver top five now with uh, Jackson. and That's going to come out today. Yeah. Yeah. You, do you want to mention the two new people, players? Uh, do you know them offhand? Because I got to find your email. Coymore from LSU. I like Coymore. Um, but I bring I bring him up again because he's another one who has gone completely and uh, utterly silent. He's been in a portal since October nineteenth. I can get to him. I knew him pretty well. And then Demon Demas, I can't get to. He's your fifth guy. Yeah, I mean he. There's a lot going on there, obviously legally. Wow. So it'll. I th- I think schools are kind of. He's he's getting contacted. He's getting interest. But I don't think anybody wants to dive in with that until they know that everything is legally settled. Yeah. Because he's had, I mean, he's had numerous situations at Texas A&M in, th- in two seasons, uh, three that I know of. So uh, that's taking on a lot, possibly, to bring him into your program. But obviously, he's talented. So that lots of times that kind of counterbalances somebody being a potential headache. Yeah, but I will tell you this. During his recruitment, if I were doing a top five from that class, and I forget, I think he was 2021. 20. 20. 2020. If I was doing a top, yeah, that was Brzee's class. He was number one. If I was doing a top five potential transfers of five stars in that class, he would have been number one. And I don't even know who number two was. He would have been number one <laughs> without a doubt. And, and I guarantee you there were kids in that class that were, you know, committed to multiple schools. You know, Demas didn't commit, if I remember correctly, to multiple schools. But the Hollywood Demas that we got to know and just the incredible, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Evan Stewart, right? Who's part of this Texas A&M class. He's, there's a thousand percent chance he's going to transfer from Texas A&M. He's a five-star wide receiver. You know, this is a kid with, uh, I don't know, a million TikTok followers or whatever. He almost committed to Texas, but he didn't. And then he committed to Texas A&M. He didn't do anything wrong. It's just a feel you get. And you know that feel. I mean, and we're going to be ballsy enough to do the potential transfer watch kids. You know, kids aren't going to like it and they're not going to want to talk to us because we're, you know, how dare you? Right. If, if I put Demon Demas on transfer watch in 2021, you know, and then I try to reach him when he actually hits the transfer portal, he's never going to talk to me. But you know what? They don't talk to us anyways. They just don't. They don't want to. So I'm going to have the balls to put out with you, of course, uh, you know, the highest percentage guys that would transfer. And when you look at that 2020 class, 
you know, Brzee Bryce Young committed to two schools. Um, you know, Elias Ricks would have been probably up there for me as well, although I thought he loved LSU enough where he would stay, but he almost transferred to Ohio State and then he ended up transferring to Alabama. Eric Gilbert's in that class. That was a high probability, but absolutely no doubt about it. And there were some flakes in that class. Wow, that class, Zach Evans. Uh, but Demas definitely would have been my number one guy for sure. Um, and I will tell you this, I would have thought a, I would have bet a billion dollars that Rakim Jarrett would be gone from Maryland by now. Right? You broke up there for a second. Oh, Rakim Jarrett. I, I thought Rakim Jarrett would be in the board. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like well, that year. Especially since half the top players that he came in with transferred out already. And that year, remember how it changed a lot? You know, it was LSU. There were other schools involved, Alabama. Yeah. And he ended up going to Maryland, and Loxley did a great job locking him down. But that type of kid that I thought would be like, okay, you know what? After a year, I'm not Stefan Diggs, I'm out. And he didn't. So he would have been on my all portal watch list, and I would have looked stupid there. But I think it's going to be a fun thing that we're going to do. Uh, nobody's going to like it from coaches are going to get pissed and players are going to get pissed, but, but honest to God, it has to be part of coverage. It just has to be because we get to know these kids. We get to get a feel for them. And Demond Demas a thousand percent was going to transfer just going to happen. Now he got in trouble and that's why he did. I thought he was going to transfer after he redshirted because five stars don't redshirt at wide receiver. So I thought he would be gone after that, but him being in there is not a surprise. We will never get in touch with him. Maybe coin more. I liked him, talked to him a lot in high school, and I'll see if he's uh, on the witness protection list as well. But those are two. It's a deep position, definitely a deep position. I mean, if you're dropping off two kids and your next two kids are Coy Moore, who was a top 100 player, and Demond Demas, who's a five-star talent, it's a, it's a very, very high-risk, high-reward position. I did do some digging on Coy Moore and found that few Pac-12 schools have been more aggressive with him in the last month or two. Then initially it seemed like Auburn was all about him and they kind of fell off and he was supposed to take a visit there. That never happened. But now it's like Arizona State, Arizona State and Colorado, I believe, are the two that are the most active, but a couple others, Washington, I think. Arizona so, State doesn't surprise me because they lost. I mean, two of the guys we just mentioned are Arizona State wide receivers. They lost basically 90% of their productive players. <laughs> right. So they're going to have to fill in with the portal there. Um, you know, and, and Auburn doesn't surprise me either. If I believe I have it correct, Trevon Reed was at LSU and then, you know, as a player and, and now he's at Auburn. So there's an LSU connection to Auburn. But Auburn's one of those ones I thought would be in him by Bohannon, but they had two quarterbacks. Um, From what I remember, Auburn liked Claymore, but then went after Corey Rucker, the transfer from Arkansas State, like all in on him. And Rucker ended up at South Carolina. Mm -hmm. But I guess they just never went back to more from nobody thinks they have, at least, or, or it's just gone silent. Not sure. Yeah. And maybe there's some, you know, maybe some recruiting going on there still. I don't, I don't really know, but. I, I, I definitely thought because they recruited Bohannon so heavily out of high school that he would be a good fit for them. But they ended up with the um, Calzada, obviously, who I'm not a huge fan of. Um, and then the kid from uh, Oregon, the tiny quarterback from Alabama, who I'm not a fan of either. Uh, but they seem to be 
pretty happy with their quarterback situation, I guess. Um, but I would rather have Jerry Bohan. And, uh, but anyways, uh, this this was, I think, rather intriguing. I'm sure thousands are going to watch and listen. So Obviously. I appreciate your time. Uh, I'm gonna, It's one o'clock is coming up, so I'm going to watch the PGA. Uh, did you put any bets in? I actually forgot about it until like half an hour before it started. And so now I did not. McElroy is five under, by the way. Yeah, you could do the live betting. I mean, the odds change every time. I know, I know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know who's going to win. I did not have Rory in my first tier. I'm in a pool and I took uh, Scheffler. Why not? Right. Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't teed off yet, has he? No, I don't believe so. But a lot of people like Spieth to win it. I don't think anybody expects Rory to win it. Um, no. But he rarely starts good. So this is good for him because if he can get in a, in a groove over four rounds, because at the Masters, he was awesome his last round, but just not after that. So I mean, um, he's five under. He's five under through 11 holes. So Tiger, I heard bogeyed three straight holes. And oh, he just got a nice par. So there you go. Oh, Rory? Uh, Rory. What are you yeah. watching it on? Uh, ESPN Plus. Oh, see, you you have that. You stream that, right? On your TV? Yes. I, I have a subscription and I don't even stream it on my TV. That's what an idiot I am. I've been watching since 8 a.m. So. <sighs> I'm so stupid. Oh, so one o'clock it comes see, on ESPN yeah, and John, cable. I see John Daly. He, he actually teed off to start the entire event. Yeah. Was he wearing like and a cool the, outfit? He's wearing pants with skulls on it. But it's he has a majestic beard, which you have to check out later. You know what's fun about that is, you know, you win it once, right? And I think you won a crooked stick a billion years ago. Mm-hmm. You're in it forever. Like he actually was he was two under through like eleven holes. So he actually wasn't doing bad today. Now I'm not sure where he is. He probably he's probably drinking somewhere. Well, and he <laughs> looks hor- he looks horrible, but he could really literally be a four hundred pound man right now like the way he wanted a crooked stick a year years and years ago like john daly 20 years later could be a 400 pound you know well i guess he's a 300 pound alcoholic weed smoker so he is but, uh but it's awesome he can go there his, uh, his, his his shirt today was struggling to keep everything in <laughs> he can he can he can he's grandfathered and he can tee off every year the PGA. We're going to see him at like 70 if he lasts that long. Uh, TNO. It's going to be great. He won't. <laughs> I love I love golf. Um, all right. Well, I appreciate your time. I'll pop this out today. Yep. And then we'll see where we go from there. We'll tr- we're going to try to do this weekly. Your schedule is tough because you have a real job. But I think this should be something we try to do like maybe every Thursday. I can do that Thursday or Friday. Tuesday, Thursday or Friday are usually my workable days. We'll do Thursdays. So check out for the portal pod on Thursdays, but we're going to be talking college football and golf and other stupid stuff and dogs as well. So thanks. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you. That's it. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.